Welcome to a new 74 podcast series, Culture in a Time of Crises. I'm Shwetal Patel, host of the series in which we explore art making and art making practices during these times of crises. Join us to hear from diverse artists and thinkers about how they've spent their lockdowns and the impact it has had on their working methods. is a visual artist based in Rio de Janeiro. Welcome to 74 Podcast, Ernesto. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. You're currently in Rio de Janeiro. How, how is the atmosphere right now? It's super hot, man. It's super hot here. Uh, we have a completely blue sky. The sun is hitting us with uh, force. And uh, I live at Leme, which is in the left corner of Copacabana Beach, a small neighborhood, a neighborhood without, uh, I mean, without end. I mean, I mean, with end, I would say. That's all you, you, you got to get in from Copacabana and get out. And it's super traffic jam outside because everybody is trying to go to the beach, even though there is the COVID and everything. And... Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's the atmosphere here in Rio de Janeiro now. And today, ah, I forgot about that. Uh, today is a holiday here. Today is the day of San Sebastian, which is the, let's say, godfather of Rio de Janeiro. So it's a kind of holiday uh, here. So everybody is going to the beach. And I, I really like, I mean, with this COVID, I don't like it. It doesn't make so much difference. But I really like uh, the, these holidays when they are exactly on Wednesday. And I have many memories of this holiday on the January 20, uh, in Rio de Janeiro, which is a sunny day and this force of the summer. It's a very auspicious day for us to be talking to each other. Yes, it's a very auspicious and good one. I want to begin by talking about your work, which engages a great deal with uh, the social element and uh, social interaction. How does this work in a gallery environment? I remember the first time I saw your work during the Sao Paulo Biennale in 2010, and I was really moved by the school children that were jumping and climbing and interacting with your artwork. And we later invited you to the Cochimozes Biennale. Can you explain a little bit about this element of your practice? The word that came to me now, and I ne it never had came to me, but uh, uh, by listening to your question, was a massage. If you, uh, as an artist or uh, with the art, if we would like to do a kind of massage on the people, do and receive because uh, it's an exchange always. And this is a process that had happened naturally uh, in a way, maybe perhaps, extension of the previous sculpture that I did. But uh, I remember if you uh, think about uh, uh, pretty much old and seed, uh, a seed of my whole work, which this sculpture named uh, Particles Weight, Colonies, Prumus, uh, uh, Steps. Uh, so this, you have a kind of a stocking 
and you have lead for shutting down, in fact, uh, inside. Uh, later, I did with other elements, with uh, beads, with uh, sand, <clears throat> turmeric, I mean, spices. But anyway, the beginning was this idea uh, of this uh, stocking with this amount of lead with a lip uh, out of it. It's very simple to do. You just pick up a stocking, you cut the leg, make a knot, then you cut the feet, the point of the feet, where the fingers would be, and roll it. Uh, put, put inside out, please, uh, before, uh, for, for the knot to be inside. And, and then you roll it. And after that, you can, uh, we can uh, drip down uh, any solid liquid. Now, it can be like sand, can be lead for shutting gun, can be beads, can be something, rice. And, and then you have this element that has this interaction between masculine and feminine uh, icon, you know, and you can let it on the ground. When it uh, hits the ground, it expands itself. If you have some of them together, they expand themselves to each other, making a kind of colony, a kind of community. And they have this, this mouth that normally stay open that you can have this relation between inside and outside. And, but when you do this action of letting it fall on the ground, you have this transition from the energy of the body to the energy of the ground. And there is a passageway when you hold it and when you let it go and when it fall down and uh, bump to the, to, the, to the ground, expanding, splashing their body. And, and <clears throat> always when I was doing that, I was feeling an extension or, uh, or uh, communication between our body and the landscape, you know, a continuity between our body and the landscape. This relation, continuous relation between the figure and the background, be, 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 uh, between ourselves and also because they are very uh, amoebos, uh, looking like a cell, or a microorganism, uh, and, and with these colonies, uh, begin to give also this idea of being inside of the body too, you know? So at uh, the same time that you're putting something, is if this something is getting out of the body uh, to the ground, so creating a connection between this inside of the body to this outside of the body uh, in a kind of dance. And, with this uh, expanding of it, we begin to have this situation that uh, people could get in. Uh, an idea to have in a gallery uh, that it would be organic art space, to have the art elements inside, that people could take their shoes, get in. So uh, from this hand letting the piece come down, because anybody who would do this piece, uh, they would need to have this interaction that I had as an artist, because it's not a fixed object. If you take it there and put it in another place, it's already, uh, you already altered it, you know? So uh, everyone, this was something important to me. Even before that on the works ABA and, and uh, Barrabola, uh, the idea that the one that would uh, put it up, install it, would need to have a balanced interaction with that, would have to make a kind of uh, 
é, put it in balance, in equilibrio. Né? By the time, uh, this begin to, to expand itself and being able to attract more people, which is all, uh, that is this uh, fascinating uh, uh, possibilities. Uh, but at the same time, you deal very much with the, with the psyche, the psyche, psychological of each one and how each one interacts with the people and then how we need to be uh, strong to receive everyone and how delicate are the pieces to receive everyone. So then there is this delicateness that we have with our environment, with our social environment. Now, when you talk with someone, uh, how you can sometimes be rude or not, how you can be rude to the environment or be gentle. So this level of gentility that we are uh, gaining, let's say. And this, uh, because everything is in balance, né? this piece that you saw, we have a big mattress there and you have the roof and the textile stretched in balance. And, and also, uh, I think this uh, comes a little bit of this social way of doing the work when you are working with sometimes many people. When you do crochet, sometimes we work with many people at the same time. So I think this energy of the people working together expands to the energy of the people interacting with the piece together. and. Uh, we have also a history in Brazil with that. So this idea of you interacting with the artwork was something that I, uh, when I born, it was already happening. You know, this was something that Ligia Clark and Eliot Sica and Ligia Papi, they were in the 60s uh, putting this out. So it's very much uh, uh, a step on the art uh, old from my generation, from my generation, from the generation that uh, was doing that when I born, from my birth time, yeah, on the 60s. And, and this is something important because this is touched uh, something in Brazil. If you think about a ring of samba, now yeah, to be something that's very popular and everybody knows, uh, samba is something that you would have a table and some people sitting down playing the guitars. And around this table, uh, there would be some people playing some drums, uh, even sitting or not, uh, playing matchbox, playing dishes. Uh, and around, everybody will be singing and everybody will be dancing around. So it's something that everybody, in a way, is doing together. We don't have this situation of the artist on the stage and the audience looking to the art. And so, again, we touch what we was talking on the interview, this uh, focus of our society in the idea of watch, in the idea of look to, of the idea of the video. And now uh, we, we, as we are talking in the podcast, we have this radio spirit. You now when you have, for example, me now, I am walking in the room, I'm looking to anything that comes while I'm talking to you and I don't need to be looking to something. And, and when, you, when uh, these people on the samba, when we are dancing and you are singing together with the uh, musicians, uh, we are all uh, on this environment. We are not stopped there sitting down, looking to the musician and how he 
uh, touch his guitar or how he play his drums. We are everybody together on a, on a, on a kind of, uh, let's say, life environment, you know, ritualistic environment that we are singing, dancing. And so what I mean, that's very inclusive, yeah? includes people, brings people to be together doing that, to be together. Sometimes you pick up two bottles and begin to bump. And then uh, this is something that includes people, brings you in. And another thing, tradition from Brazil, when I, when, then when I, uh, uh, in, thir uh, in 2013, when I went for the first time to Rio Jordão, uh, which is in the middle of Amazon at the state of Acre, and I met the Honey Queen people, and I began to participate on their ceremonies. In the first ceremony that I wore, suddenly there was a ring of people, and very beautiful, my friend. You know, it, we were in the... We were not, there was the village, but we went down on the village to uh, Fundo do Segredo, that means deep of the secret uh, area of with, uh, where they have the medicines and where they have a kind of uh, roof, cup shower, uh, where we had a, a spiritual ceremony. When I arrived there, everybody was sitting down in a ring, men on one side, women on the other side, in a ring. Right? I was the last man and a friend of my women was the first woman. And then in the other end, there was the children. And at some point there was uh, a girl and a boy too. I mean, it's not always like that, but uh, pretty much. There was a candle in the middle of it and the fire was outside. This, this roof had a platform, like a wood platform. And all the, the, the forest was chanting, all the insects. And I was, uh, uh, how can I say, enchanted by that. And, uh, and, and then uh, we drink the medicine one by one. And after a while, uh, Isaka began to sing and and they all begin to sing together after him, you know? So it's a, it's a way that you sing, that the leader sing uh, the sentence and somebody goes just after him singing in the back. Somebody, I mean, everybody, no? Uh, so you have kind of, you know, when the, the frogs are singing uh, on, the, on the lake, rock, 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 rock. That is this kind of, uh, everyone, is singing the same letter, let's say, uh, the same, same words, but not in the same letter of the word. Now, everyone is saying the same word, but not in the same letter in the same time. So there is a kind of a vibration of it. Uh, it was the first night. And later I was singing too, because it invites you to follow. And I remember once uh, a, a, a ceremony with Ruxarro, who is, uh, who is a great woman, uh, Pajé Shama, uh, from the Iwanawa people. And she was saying in the beginning of the ceremony, yeah, we don't like very much this idea of hugging each other. <laughs> so uh, if you want to show us that you really like the ceremony, that you are really happy or something like that, 
just sing with us. It, uh, once again, we are in a situation that it includes the people. It invites you to sing together. It invites to you to, to dance together, to be together, to make this event together, you know. Of course, uh, in this case of the indigenous case, when, when I was in the, in, the, in the forest in that uh, ceremony that I described, everyone was Hunikuin, besides me and two, other, uh, two friends who took me there. And so they were there sing when they sing since they are kids. That's other one with Hushahu. There was Hushahu and some of like four or five from her group, but everybody was like uh, people from Sao Paulo singing together. So it's something that really uh, uh, invites you to, to include people. Yeah? It's the idea of inclusion. And there's no separation, this strong separation. We are all doing this event together in a way. You know, that's what they say when we do an introduction for the ceremony, that we're going to do uh, something together, uh, that uh, the energy of everyone is important there in that moment. So I think this is something that is uh, really um, uh, crucial, because this is inside of our Brazilian soul, our Brazilian spirit of collectiveness, creativity, uh, even though we had all this tragedy in Brazil too, of this uh, super uh, unbalanced society, super violent society, but there is this uh, spirit of being together, doing something. And so I think this is when this work that I've been doing, invite people like all this group of children interacting there. It's something that uh, really uh, part of our soul in a way, you know, it's something that uh, is not, it's, uh, it would be maybe, I, I believe that Elijah Clark and Elliot Sika uh, brought this interactive aspect for the art world. Uh, but I think this is beyond, uh, beyond them. This is very human, you know. I think if you think about also, I believe that in India, there is parties like that. And I understand that long time ago in, in, in Europe, uh, before this process of the enchantment that generates the modern society, there were many collective parties what everybody was doing together and where was not this figure of the artist, of the musician, of the genius, you know, of this guy who is touching somewhere and bringing the, the, the spiritual force, the artistic force for the people. I think there were more everybody doing it together without this uh, so much separation and classification, separation and classification uh, over the, the uh, of, of, of that we have nowadays now, uh, on the society. Now we, uh, all the knowledge had been fragmented and, and we have this situation. But, uh, and, and just to finish, <laughs> I think I was a little bit more uh, longer than I thought the, the answer. But when, at, at the same time, when I begin to do that expanding works that we were more interactive, I was uh, very much involved with a group of friends uh, from the beach, you know, 
So we were going to the beach all the time. We, we were doing like uh, small parties on the beach after the, the sunset, making a barbecue, sometimes dancing on the kiosk outside. Later, it became a kind of New Year's Eve party that we begin to do like, I don't know, 22, 23 years old, years ago. I mean, uh, to, uh, this year was the first year since, uh, since then, 1999, I believe, 1998, that I, that I spent, I, I did not spend the New Year's Eve dancing on the sand on this party on the beach because of the COVID. But this, uh, this was already also a process of this interaction. And, uh, and it's very, just after that, uh, I begin to date Lily. Uh, who is, uh, we are together till today, and we, we had two children. So I think this thing of the children were very important too, because the children, they had this precognition relation with the world, relation with gravity, relation with uh, uh, objects, with the walls, with the everything, just the question of stand up. You know, I remember one moment that I saw my son in my studio, we were living in the studio at that time, and he was crawling in a straight line through the length of the studio, and suddenly he stopped and he began to stand up. Boom, 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 boom. He was just on his white diapers, so he had this strong body taking all the energy up. And uh, to stand up, I was not the first time, but was one of the first times. I mean, he was learning that. And it was a great energy. The feeling that I had is that he was putting up the whole energy of the world, you know, all the, the concentration of the universe inside of him was concentrated on his movement to stand up. And so I think he, it, it was very sculptural. Thank you. That's really fascinating. I want to talk about your childhood, Ernesto. I think it's interesting that you ended uh, your uh, talking about your first son. You were, you were born in 1964 and you talked a lot about the artist, the Brazilian avant-garde and the movements that led for you to become an artist, how did you, how did you decide that you wanted to become a sculptor? <laughs> That's a great question because uh, I did not decide. <laughs> it was, um, it was maybe by the, the fails of uh, a possibility. The reality is that when I was around 16, I went to the Museum of Modern Art. They had a school there in that time. And I went there and I uh, was like three courses and I make an inscription to one of them. Then I, when I came back home, there was this folder that you read. I had read the, the courses when I chose one, but I haven't read the introduction, a very short introduction. And when I was at home and I read that there was something to develop the potential artists. When I read that, I felt, I, I thought would be a lot of artists there. And I was an artist. I was just want to make some sculptures, you know, I, I was, uh, I got so uh, shy 
to, that I never went to, to the first class. And then later, I, I, when I end up the, the school, I did the test from the universe to study engineer, electric engineer, I was thinking about doing computer games. You know, was this time that we play pinball, but space invaders were already arriving in, in Brazil and in these pinball centers. And this was interesting. I was thinking another day, I went to, I was in South Africa and I was in a house of a friend and she had a pinball there. And, and then I looked to the pinball and then I remember this thing of the space invaders. And God, isn't it incredible the, the title and so uh, prophetic, space invaders. There was these little guys invading the earth and we are completely invaded by them now. So the space invaders were this technology, this electronic screen invading our lives, a point that it uh, looks like we cannot live without that. But uh, perhaps we can. <laughs> but anyway, uh, then I, I left this university uh, in the middle of the year because I want to study astronomy. I was already reading a lot of books of astronomy, going to the planetarium and things like that. And then I failed. It was just 25 plays for the whole Brazil, you know. And then I went to Bahia with a friend of mine and we, we went to the, uh, up to the north, we met other people, we met, uh, I mean, not tell the whole story, but uh, I met uh, a woman when I came back to Bahia. And I went to the northeast, then I came back alone to Bahia, and I went to the house of a group of people from Rio de Janeiro. And then at night, I met this, this girl that uh, I had uh, exchanged some ice connection uh, on the way up. And we begin to uh, have a, a kind of affair. And she told me about the class of sculpture in clay at Park Lage, you know. I said, well, cool. Then I went to this, when I get back to Brazil, I went to Brazil, to Rio de Janeiro. I went back, I went to this class. And it was, uh, uh, Park Lage was becoming to be a very freedom uh, and uh, incredible avant-garde, let's say, uh, environment at this moment on the 80s, we're talking about 82, 83, uh, or maybe 84. And, and when they have this kind of uh, now uh, transvanguard in the world, now expressionism, and this was a strong force in Brazil too, and Parque Lage was one of the epicenters of it. And this class of clay was the last traditional class that they had from the, the traditional school that had happened there. When the guy arrived, saw me, there was like, a, uh, you know, was something like old fashioned. But when he saw me arriving there, he said, you know, Ernesto, uh, I can teach you how to take molds and blah, blah, blah. But you need to find art somewhere else, you know, because here is already gone. But anyway, I stayed there and I began to make these sculptures in clay. I always had done that, you know, I have, I have that kind of self-confidence. 
to do that. I don't know what's going on. And I was kind of lost and I, and I, I enjoyed to do that. And when I did the first one, I said, well, that's what I want to do in my life, you know. And then I began to research to, to find out all of it. Of course, I had been in the Museum of the Art when I was a child, you know. Uh, I have memories of that, but it was like a sprouting of a new world. And during this one year, I stayed uh, doing clay sculptures there, but in the middle of the year, I went because Brazil year school year in Brazil begins in March. Yeah, that's how we divide the, the winter is in July. So in the middle in, in August, I begin also to make a, a course on on Museum Modern Art. That that's old school that doesn't exist anymore. It was pretty great at that time in the Museum Modern Art because Museum Modern Art in Rio de Janeiro is more is in downtown, so it connects people from. North zone, south, south zone, you know, it's more, more mixed than in, than in Parque Lage, in that time at least. And, and, uh, and then I begin to see everything as a sculpture, you know, it's, it was something I seen so strong in my life that everything I begin to see, you know, the, the buildings, the trees, the insects, the, people, the nose of the people, their eyes, uh, all of it, you know, the stars, the, when you see a biological book, these cells and everything, everything become to be a sculpture, a table full of things and in a, a kind of a sculpture environment, you know, as, as, yeah, as if the, the principle of a sculpture would be able to give me a, a lens, you know, a kind of a lens, lens. Uh, kind of micro telescope, uh, glasses to to see the the things in a in a in a kind of a, uh, more alive way, you know. If if everything has a being inside, everything would express something. Every little thing, not just the nature. Everything is nature, man. You know, there is this thing because there is this uh, cultural world that we create. But the reality is that it's all made by nature, now materially, coming from the earth. And all the knowledge, you know, is natural knowledge. You know? Yeah, we are talking through this. I'm, I'm using a telephone, and these telephones make it full of different materials to be able us to be in this conversation, even to see each other through the conversation, even though we are not seeing each other now. But uh, uh, all, all, all this knowledge, yeah, chemics, chemistry, physics, mathematics, this is all expression of nature. So uh, nature is also, uh, uh, nature is, is mother. <laughs> it's everything. That's, that's where we are. Thank you. I mean, being Brazilian, you're of course blessed with incredible natural environment, which as we know is, is under threat right now. Um, over the last several years, I know that you've become increasingly interested in meditation, other shamanic practices and indigenous knowledge traditions, etc. When did this shift start to happen for you, obviously growing up in a city to begin to understand nature? You talked a little bit about the ceremonies that you attended earlier. 
Yeah, this is this is something. It it begins strongly in 2013. Yeah, because uh, we can consider that these parties we uh, we did on the beach, they have a kind of uh, spiritual force, no doubt. They are what well, kind of ritualistic uh, element, but it was not uh, uh, solid like that. Now, when you go to a ceremony. Uh, Queen, it really has a, a strong, deep spiritual transcendence, let's say. But the reality is that making sculpture is a spiritual thing. The relation that you have with the sculpture, this thing that I was talking about, this uh, environment, seeing everything as a sculpture. When you do a sculpture, you're talking with, I was used to say that you're talking with the infinite, the infinite. Yeah, my sculptures has this situation of being in balance, yeah, being in equilibrium, uh, and be transparent, uh, not just in the obvious sense, but in the sense that you can uh, see the relationship between one thing to the other. It's pretty much about relationship. So back to the first question, it's all about relationship, all about the environment and the people, uh, acting and reacting and, or just relaxing in the environment is very much uh, about relationship. And so uh, uh, the idea that you have nothing hidden was something else that came <clears throat> from this dictatorship that we had lived in my childhood, that uh, we would like to have things clear, you know, not nothing hidden. And also because you can hide you can hide things from the others, but you cannot hide from yourself as you can hide, not hide from the infinite. Yeah, it's, it's something like that, that uh, but we always hide things. Uh, we, or there is things hidden uh, in our life. That's we, what we are. Uh, uh, nobody can, uh, let's say, read the thoughts of the other completely. Now we have this a hidden environment inside of us, all the cells and organs, heart. And so this, uh, I always felt that this relation with the art was very much spiritual, but I didn't have the decodification of it. Uh, I have done uh, Tai Chi Chuan uh, when I was younger, but just for a short time, three months, professor was very impressed about my my doing, even though I was learning, basically learning. But the feeling I had every time that you breathe and expand and move your body, I was really think, feeling that I was completely connected to the to the universe. So I, I think this, I, I am someone that really dance very much. I like to sing too. So I think this uh, was like uh, inside of me, but I didn't have the, the, of course, I went to Samba school too, you know, Carnaval, you know. You know, before the Hunikuin, I was used to say that uh, once a year, I go to the church. And the church was the black ball. The, um, it's a block, a group of people dancing and singing, playing instruments, uh, we call block, like a school of Samba, okay? But something on the street, these blocks on the street, like Brazilian Carnaval nowadays that you see 
in Rio de Janeiro. That had happened for many years in Rio de Janeiro, but uh, it it disappeared in Rio de Janeiro on the 70s a little bit. And it sprouts everywhere in the city now. Uh, but when I was teenager, young, there was like two or three blocks of that. And like 20, 25 years ago, we began to go to the black ball, uh, bola preta in Portuguese. Black ball is a, is a big uh, uh, block in downtown that comes many people from North Zone and many groups dressing uh, amazing, amazing dress-ups, uh, you know, customs that they do in groups together, you know, uh, funny, uh, irreverent, dance, scary sometimes, uh, every kind, you know, it's uh, something incredible. We all uh, begin to go all dress up too. Uh, not, not we didn't go everyone with the same customs, but we, we all uh, very much customs. And it's such a strong theme. Being inside of it, when you get inside of, of Bola Preta, it's scary, you know? You think you're not going to survive. But little by little, you begin to feel more comfortable. And then you begin to feel quite comfortable there. And we, we create a really knowledge how to be in the middle of it. Uh, and, and you begin to sing and dance and sing and dance and drinking beer now, normally. And we begin to uh, get in a kind of trance, you know? And I, so I was used to say that once a year I go to the church, that I go to Bola Preta. So these things were inside of me. But when I went to Jordan for the first time, they begin to say to me, oh, sacred is everywhere. Yeah, it's, a, it's an idea of sacred. I don't know if the word sacred is is uh, pretty a good word. They use this word, but it's, it's a very good word uh, because when I say when I think they say that, it's a little bit beyond. Is this feeling that I start talking that everything is sculpted? You know, is something is a is a hyper hyper connection with the environment that we are, and the idea that all of it is sacred in the in the sense that everything has. Being, everything has a spirit, everything has force, uh, and we are all connected to, to all of it. There was the Kausch and Catastrophe Theory that we were reading uh, when we were 20, 20 something years old, that say this thing, a butterfly uh, moving her wing here creates a hurricane in the other part of the planet. So also science was trying to begin to understand that, but then, there was something really clear on the pores, on the on the on the hairs. And another thing that they say that uh, joy is the, is the healing, and this was very important for me because I always believed in joy, always, you know. So what I felt in that moment is that I was meeting the philosophers I was looking for, you know, and and this uh, and the many scene is very powerful. And I would say that it's very sculptural. How do I see uh, the visions I have? It, it's something really incredible, uh, this connection. And they have this thing that everything they, they do uh, traditionally, they have chants 
perhaps dance, you know, when they do a weave, there is a chant for the weave. When they go to hunt, there is a chant for that, for fishing. Uh, and then there's the parties, the party of the, the legumes, the vegetables, uh, <clears throat> an hour, and many other things, but everything is ritualistically happening. And when I came down there, I had this feeling that everyone was an artist. There was no this separation that we have just talked about between the artists and the audience. They, they all sing, they all dance, you know. If you put a piece of paper, they're gonna draw something. They're not gonna be afraid of the blank of the white paper because they, not, they had not been educated. Nobody was saying, this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong, this is right for them all the time like with us at least myself with this uh, Western education that we have in Brazil uh, that makes us be afraid of making a drawing, be afraid about uh, playing instrument, even to sing. People say, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know how to sing. Even though you go to, a, I don't know, to a rock and roll concert and people sing together. Now, I think this is also, there is a, a breaking of it. And, you know, even though the guys are on the, on the stage, you are also acting as a as a as audience. I even think that the audience should uh, act more. But the reality that I was very silent uh, on on my practicing and very silent also on my sculptures. Uh, even though you can interact, there is a level of silence in it. But it was very much speaking all the time, uh, chanting and dancing, very much extroverted person, maybe perhaps to hide my uh, fragility, to hide my shyness. But uh, with the Huni Queen, I begin to breathe more. And briefly more, begin to come this uh, idea of meditation. Uh, I begin to do yoga. Uh, and then this is begin to, to organize myself <clears throat> a, little, a little bit different. I even stopped drinking, you know. I, I was a drunkard uh, and I, I stopped drinking. So uh, it's a it's very strong uh, power that this medicine has. And it's very enchanted. Uh, we begin to, we, we get back to the enchantment. But it's very deep because you're gonna deal with a lot of uh, ghosts that we have inside of us. Now, ghosts of our history, ghosts of our education, ghosts of our ancestors, of our uh, other lives, if it had happened or not, no matter if you believe or not, but there is a lot of, uh, uh, it's a very deep uh, auto knowledge, you know, to, to be uh, together with that. But also, when you say sacredness, also, one something that's quite important for, for in my understanding, okay, for the, uh, the Jewish Christian society, I mean, for the Western society that had dominated the planet. Now, we, and this is another thing that is quite dramatic because when you are there and when you begin to see that and you begin to see how uh, uh, all of it had happened 
in your own country and it's still happening, especially now with this stupid president that we have and this uh, negationist and this uh, insane people that are in the power, you know, but these people, uh, these uh, guys, indigenous, they had huge knowledge. And the most important thing for them is life, is, uh, is your, your son, your daughter, your wife, is your friends, be together in life, enjoy life, joy, the idea of joy. It's not the progress, it's not to make money, you know, to be powerful and these kind of things. And we see uh, this dramaticity, which is the expanding of the, of the power of the West philosophy. Uh, and I don't know if it's just the West, because before that, I don't know, Shweta, you are from, from India. I don't know how it was in India before the West uh, dominance arrived uh, in, in that situation. But, uh, but anyway, uh, there is this, this situation that it's very catastrophic to be there where he's receiving all this life, all this uh, force, all this grace, and at the same time seeing all the difficulties uh, to deal with the, uh, this civilized society, the city society, now, smashing the forests, burning the forests, uh, collapsing that. But the good news now, as I understand the good news, that they, they are everywhere right now doing uh, uh, ceremonies everywhere. And I think that I believe that the earth is really in a trans transforming moment, you know, uh, uh, since five, six, seven years. Since then, we begin to see, I think since the, uh, this Maya calendar, there is a, a shift of the axis of the earth to the feminine, to the organic, to the uh, shunting, to the dancing, to the, the collectiveness. And that's why also all this culture of indigenous culture is sprouting as importance in the planet, not just in, in this sense, but also in the sense of the protection of the planet, that we have the conscience that the planet is getting too much warm, that the things are becoming to be pretty much difficult for human society, and that we need to reconnect to, to Gaia, to Mother Earth, to the Boa, you know, the spirit of the Boa. The Boa is in every, every, uh, and also, I don't know if every, but many different uh, ancestor stories, including the Jewish Christian story that where the Boa gave, the enchanted Boa gave to, to Eva uh, the apple and Eva shared with Adam. So, and, and from then, we are here. Yeah, I mean, at least in this tradition. So the Boa is the mother of us, you know. She's the one that gave life to human being on the earth. And, and so there is a misunderstanding very big on this Bible and, and on this ancestor Torah books, uh, in my understanding uh, of the Genesis. And this is quite critical because I believe that this, this uh, misunderstanding is critical for our, uh, for our society because this is what separates us from nature. Is this uh, uh, 
mistake uh, of this book. And, and this is something that is exactly what we are seeing, you know, destroying the planet, just uh, uh, taking out everything. You know, uh, during this, this traveling, and because I got in the spiritual uh, dimension, but at the same time in the social political understanding, uh, I once I was with the, uh, I, 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 I don't know if I read or if I, or if I heard the story, I think I read somewhere. It looks like that when uh, Cortes, Hernando Cortes was in Mexico dealing with Montezuma, <clears throat> I don't know if it was before or, or after the collapse of uh, Mexican pre-Columbian -pre culture by the Spanish. But Hernandez uh, uh, asked all the time, do you guys have a gold metal? Do you guys have a, a gold metal? Gold, no, sorry. Do you guys have a, a yellow metal? Do you guys have a yellow metal? Looking for this yellow metal. And Montezuma and his friends were why this guy wants so much this yellow metal? Now I'm looking to each other. And one day they asked him, so, okay, Hernandez, why do you want so much this yellow metal? You know what Hernandez said? Because we, we live in a society because my people suffer from a sickness that just the yellow metal can heal. So <laughs> that's where we are. And, and in the art scene, we are pretty much in that too, you know? So the art scene at the same time uh, uh, works on this place, on this chord, uh, what we are doing with the art. Uh, and this is something that for me is quite difficult. Uh, what uh, uh, after this level of conscience that I begin to have. And also even, even myself in this planet, you know, because if you think about it in Brazil, I am also the invasor and also the invaded. You know, uh, so this is so complex. And then just to finish this moment, uh, it reminds the fact when I was living in France at Atelier Caldera, uh, doing a residence there in, in 2006, I believe, uh, or maybe 2007, we, some, I received some questions from uh, a student from Finland. And the fifth question was, how do you feel showing in, 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 the, in the Western society? I said, well, I should feel at home there because we are Westerns. We are educated in Brazil as we are Westerns. They say, the professor, we the Westerns, blah, 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 blah. We the Westerns, blah, 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 blah. And suddenly I, I, I had this question. I began to ask everybody in France that I, then I even call my friends who had lived in Brazil uh, for a while in my home, who were in Paris, I was in Sachet. And everybody said that, no, you guys, you are not Western. You are not Western. And then I have a kind of epiphany. I felt very, very free uh, from the West, but uh, the reality is that uh, we have this bastard father. You know, Brazil borns when the Portuguese, in Rio de Janeiro, the French, yeah? but uh, when they arrive in Brazil and they have the first baby with an indigenous woman. That's where Brazil borns. And this father, he's not, never gonna stay, so we are bastards. And then we, uh, there's huge amounts 
of Brazilian just after that, born by an African woman, an African woman who has been kidnapped from Africa and put out as a slave in Brazil. That's our mothers, man. That's our mothers. We are sons of indigenous women and sons of African women with a European father, mostly Portuguese. And this is dramatic for us, you know, because uh, the reality is that we don't study the indigenous on the school. We don't study the Africans on the school. Uh, we just study the Europeans or European history, the traditional whatever Western school, probably, with some Brazilian history now, of course. But uh, all the contribution of the Africans, you know, within samba, that's what what represents us, our food. Uh, we take showers all the time, like the indigenous people does. You know, we have uh, mandioc, like the main food of them. Uh, we, we, we have them inside of us. And, you know, our crazy society, Western society, is killing them, is killing the Afro-descendants uh, too. You know, it, it's, it's such a mess that we are living in Brazil. And this mess is exploding now. It's, it's being out, it's being facing now, you know. We all see that all this racism, all these uh, genocides that we are living in, in Brazil nowadays. It's here for, for the good or for the bad or whatever. Uh, this president and this terrible moment that we are living is showing us how much we are uh, far away from, from being be well, be well with your neighbor, we be well with everybody. And I, I will expand that for the whole planet. You know, I think here we need, uh, as a human being, we are really <laughs> having bad words, bad, bad grades from, from the, the trees, from the, the sea, from the mountain. They are looking to us and say, hi guys, what are you doing? What are you guys are doing, you know? And, and this is, uh, and, and, I, and I believe now, just to go back to the question, that spirituality is something that, uh, that we really need so much in this society. And as uh, there is a book uh, named the, the Caliban and the Witch, uh, Caliban is a character from Shakespeare, Tempest. And, and this book from Sylvia Friedrich, he talks very much about the process of the enchantment of the European society, yeah? the, the, the separation, hardcore separation from, from the society to, to the environment, to the plants, you know, uh, and the development of this uh, modern society that creates this telephone that we are being able to talk to each other, you guys in, in, in England, and me here in Rio de Janeiro. So we don't know even how to live without that, you know, cars and electric light. But back to what we were talking in the beginning. So during, uh, I have done many ceremonies, I know how many, more than 100 possible. Uh, and uh, some years ago on these ceremonies, I was perceptively realizing that for the indigenous, the eye is not so dominant. You know, they see things in a different way. And then, ceremony by ceremony, uh, one day I had this, uh, this uh, uh, message that they, they at six o'clock, seven o'clock, there's no more light. 
just firelight, candles light. So your eyes get lower uh, light. They, 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 get, they can be very uh, good yeah, because they can see without much light, but, but they are not so powerful to see all of it. You need to listen more, you need to smell more, you know, and that's how we, uh, that's uh, something that was sprouting on these ceremonies that one day it came to me, this sentence that the eye traps us, the eye uh, detour. And then I begin to, <clears throat> during this study, I begin to realize little by little that our, this modern society, man, that even though we are not Westerns, we are partly Western, we have the Western education. So this, this society that is uh, a part of us had been developed. And, and I, I, I haven't read this book about the de-enchantment. Uh, I read this book last year, uh, but this society had been uh, uh, developed through the Renaissance. And on the Renaissance, if you think about the the main, uh, you think about art, you think about Renaissance, we think about the paintings. I mean, you might think about the architecture, the church, but I think we think about the paintings and especially the idea of the perspective, the dominance of this uh, space of this uh, illusion of three-dimensional space. Now, and so this is the triumph of the eye. And the society we live is very much about the eye. And if you think about the eye is the most objective uh, sensor organ. If you li if you listen something, a noise, we are somewhere, a noise happens to happen here, you turn your, 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 uh, your head to look to that, to have a confirmation of it. Even though we begin to, see, to say things like that, did you see what she said? We don't see what somebody say. We, we listen what somebody say, but we use the word see because it's so powerful that this word become that it became the image of the confirmation of the certain. If you think this, of course, this is the, the enlightenment society, man. Paris, city of the lights, you know, it's all about light, all about electric light and, and caffeine and, you know, I don't know, and all these uh, things to be awake and looking to something. We don't, we don't remember our dreams like we remember before. The, the indigenous, they are quite critical about that. I remember once, when I, we released the book, Una Sikaiwa, the book that in the end, metaphorically bring me to the forest. And there was pictures of many plants on the Kupishawa in Parquilage. Kupishawa that we made at, at Parquilage to receive the indigenous. And, uh, and Duabusan, this great, incredible man, you know, a small giant, that lives in the very up on the Jordan River in Acre, now where I went. The first time I went, I went to this first night I have first ceremony was in a village of uh, Passaway Pajé Ikamuru. His son Isaka was leading it and his family was all there. Then we stayed some days there. We went up on the river, we slept in New Natal. 
and then we went to Coração da Floresta, Heart of the Forest, the, the, the village of Duabusan. And Duabusan was looking to the picture and say, this is when you have pain on the belly, this when you have pain in your head, this when you are not dreaming, this when you are getting dizzy. You know, so there was a plant for uh, uh, not dreaming is considered like uh, a sickness <laughs> for, for them. N normally, like any other thing, you know. And then, we, so we live in this uh, society of the light. And the eye is very, is the most objective sensor organ. Yeah? Is, is in, it super represents us. And then we were talking about now we're doing this podcast. We are not seeing each other for the ones who are listening the podcast now. We are uh, doing this podcast through Zoom. We could be able to look to each other, but we decided not to look to the other because we, we believe that the magic of the podcast is the magic of the radio. The fact that... So the magic of the, the listening, the, the, the listening in the world. Now, I think we are really much in the time that we begin to listen to the world. It's not just listening music. I even think that sometimes we need, it's good to turn off the radio, turn off the, the audio and listen. I pretty much like that, you know, I always work listening everything that is around, you know, the environment. Many times my studio is near a school. I listen to the children screaming and other studios or other places or places that I had doing exhibition. I had had this uh, situation be near a school and be children screaming, you know, which, which is kind of incredible and sometimes even scary in audio environment. But... Uh, uh, and, and the, for the indigenous, uh, the world is very subjective. If you get ghost uh, near the truth, you need to be very subjective as the poetry, as the art in itself. So the art is this place of subjectiveness, is the last, last drop of the subjectiveness in this super objective society uh, of the production, of the results, and of this uh, insanity sometimes. And, and then we have this COVID, you know. What the COVID made with us, you know? Put all of us at home, all of us together with ourselves, together with our family, close, taking care of our homes. I mean, for me, I, I have to say, you know, it's terrible what's going on. So many people suffering, so many people passing away. It's really a, a, a very difficult moment. But at the same time, for me, it was very important to be at home, to be with my family, to be with my kids, to be making food. You know, I never had cooked so much, washing dishes, cleaning the house, uh, uh, all of it, you know, all of it is something that is expanding of taking care of our own self, about in talk to ourselves, you know, be reconnected to ourselves, because our society is all about about the outside, yeah? about the, the, the output that we are receiving all the time. 
what the others are thinking and all this world of likes and likes and likes uh, that we are living nowadays, sometimes we don't have time to breathe. So I think it was a very interesting time. Still, still it is, you know, and, and it's very much something about nature, you know, the, the coronavirus is a natural element. It's part of Gaia, you know, it's part of this equilibrium. I was exchanging some, some conversation with Jeremy Narby, that's one person that I met through, uh, through this context of the medicine, because I read his book, uh, The Serpent, The Cosmic Serpent, The DNA and the Origins of the Knowledge that I totally advise to everyone. And we, in the end we met, we become friends, but he was saying, uh, send a text to me. We are all, virus are everywhere. The word virus, uh, is virus is poison from the Latin, if I'm not wrong, or maybe Greek, but I think it's from the Latin. Yeah. And, and virus, we, we would not be living without the virus. Virus is working uh, everywhere inside of us, outside of us. And also, I would suggest you guys to read also a person named uh, Emmanuel Kutcher, who wrote a book, Life of the Plants, uh, Philosophy of the Mixing. And, and, and who is also talking about how we are engaged to the environment in this process of Lockwood, uh, Love Lock, uh, of uh, Mother Gaia, uh, on this uh, way of seeing the world that in the end of the day is the way that the indigenous see the world. So what I see also, that is a, a convergence of the indigenous knowledge to the scientific knowledge. But the problem is that our uh, lovely Western society is very arrogant. You know, if something had, had created uh, all this high development, technological development, development in some columns, strong columns, and, and this, uh, and the BOA is saying, guys, that is a mistake. That is a, 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 a is Narcissus, you know, Narcissus uh, looking to the, to, the, to the lake and falling down his, his own face. All this cultural celebration that happens very much on the art of, uh, because first we were, we were the sons of gods. And this was the, the fights and many people die yeah, because people like five, six years ago, 500, 600 years ago, begin to say that we were not the center of the universe. And this was unacceptable for the Christian church. And so there was uh, from Giotto to Raphael, there was a long, uh, dramatic uh, uh, process of uh, re-accepting the, the, the understanding of the world and this situation. But anyway, so we, this, we became not the center of the cosmos, but cultural. We begin to have this cultural development, technological and all of it. And we began to be so enchanted by ourselves and by our cultural development that, that we begin not to see anything else. Is this problem of the light again. It's too much light. The problem that we are having nowadays is not the shadow, it's not the darkness, it's the light. It's so much light 
that you're not being able to see the dark. Then the dark is the mother, is a friend of mine, a friend of my Guarani, uh, Papa Guarani. He's a, a very uh, enchanted man. And he, uh, when I talk about that, uh, this idea of the eye, the darkness, he begins to say, yes, Ernesto, the dark is the mother. When it gets down, uh, when it gets dark, we get more serene. It's like if our mother is taking care of us. Also, when the lights come down, we don't judge so much the others. So the, the and he is really developing a, a, a knowledge about that. How is important for, for the world nowadays, the darkness. Briefing the darkness, briefing the night, briefing this, this tenderness that the night brings to us. Because uh, what we are living is an excess of light. It's so much light that we don't see anything and we become enchanted to ourselves. We, we become again the center of the world. Nothing is more important than human beings, a computer, a telephone, a airplane, you know, microscope, you know. <laughs> Caramba, we are nothing, you know, we are nothing. This is something. And this is something that I feel since the beginning. You know what I begin to remember? Uh, a few years ago, suddenly I begin to remember uh, 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 a, a, a text that I did when I, when I got in, a, in a high school, just before the high school. Uh, I, I changed my to another school and then I I failed on the year, but I didn't want to fail. So I went to another school and I make a summer uh, reevaluation. So I say one month studying in this school, which is a school that sometimes you want to hide from your curriculum. You understand what I mean? Uh, and, and on this school during this summer, at one day they sent, they asked, we would make it need to make a text, you know, make a text. Uh, Redacion, I don't know how to say that in English. And the guy said, uh, the, 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 theme, the theme of the text was ultimatum. You understand that, ultimatum? Ultimatum. Ultimatum, ultimatum. He explained to us what the word ultimatum uh, uh, means. I didn't know, you know, and and I, I, the, the text I did was a letter from the sea to us, to human beings, saying, oh, guys, I'm tired about so much trash you mm. are dropping over me. I, I think I didn't say that, but I would say today if I write that. I am your mother, you know, don't send trash to me. But basically the sea was was saying to us, humanity, that he, he was getting tired. And this letter was an ultimatum that if we keep uh, acting like that, uh, the sea would just drop us, you know, with, would swallow us, you know, would get bigger. And, you know, I live by the sea, you know, so maybe that's why. And in and, and some years, I begin to remember that. And, you know, that one day I, I begin to talk with someone, a guy that, in fact, is a psychoanalyst. He's a... a, a a uh, husband of a kind of friend of mine who plays uh, Agogo in a samba group with me. And I was telling this story to him and suddenly I began to tell him, and you know, man, in this school also, in the end of the year, we made a theater where I was invited to be the co-adjutant uh, 
coadjuvant uh, actor. I don't know even how people choose me. And where two boys, they go to, the, uh, they are going, uh, the, the protagonist, he wake up from dreamings, he wake up, and then he begins to go to the school, and somebody runs uh, close to him, lets some little uh, pack fall down, and the cups are in the back of him, trying to catch him. When, when, when they both pass, this guy pick up the, the pack and begin to walk, and he met me. Uh, on the way to the school. And he shared to me what had happened. And I said, oh, let's see what's in this side of this pack on the, on the, on the, on the break, uh, school break. And then uh, in the middle of the afternoon, let's say school was afternoon, you know, uh, we, uh, I met him, we went to the toilet, we opened, there was some marijuana, we made a marijuana cigarette. I was a smoker already in the in the in the in the play, and he had never smoked in the play. But in, the, in reality, it was the other way around. He was a smoker, and I had never smoked in the play. I asked him how should I behave and these things like that. And then uh, uh, somebody knocked the door. Get in on the on the toilet. I don't know if they knocked the door. It's a professor of geography, and. And he pick up, hey guys, what are you doing? And suddenly he pick up one uh, by each hand and look to the to the audience. Uh, I mean, there was this trip, there was a dance here when we were tripping, let's say, by the marijuana. But he pick up us, and the end of it is uh, three of us facing the audience and suggesting what does he do now? You know, what would be the right thing to do in relation to that? And that is quite interesting. Well, uh, what is interesting is that uh, many things are interesting for me, at least. When I finished this conversation with this friend of my psychanalyst, I realized that this was, in, in the end of this year, I left this school because this school is not a noble school, you know, it's this one that you hid from, hide from mm -hmm. your curriculum. But in the end of the day, that was the, one of the more, more, most important school of my life. Or te or technically, I had stories and I like to tell the story from that school. That was the school that I was telling the story. The one that should be out of the curriculum, you know? So it's very interesting for me what this, this effect talks about the society. But what I would like to say also is that on this society of the light is the society that uh, marijuana is forbidden, that uh, all the expanding all the expanding uh, drugs, let's say, and the expanding plants of power, uh, plants of uh, power, yeah, uh, they are kind of forbidden, you know. Uh, and these plants, they are they were fundamental for us to be where we are now. So Very interesting. Uh, this, yeah. there is this kind of thing, this idea of the dark, you know, the dreaming, the eyes, everything is interconnected in in the in this brutality of the society of the light. Yeah, the society of the explosion of the there is a fire burning there is a fire burning since i don't know 150 years on the cars on the on the factories on the everything the the consuming of oil kerosene you know is a fire is a forest burning since years fire of light thank you ernesto it it's so much there to think about it brings me to 
my final questions really, my, my penultimate question is, is really in two parts, relates a little bit, I think, to a lot of things that you've been talking about. Um, I read somewhere that you describe sculpture as a living organism transgressing all limitations. So do you believe that art or art today can offer an investigation into the spiritual nature of objects and can it become a site of healing? Because the kind of collaborative work and the collaborative journeys that you've been on, especially with the tribes and the sacred forms of expression about the rituals and different knowledge production, oral history, everyday objects and so on. These are things that mainly the art world or even modern society really ignores. But it, it feels more and more that we're coming back to understanding these pre-civilization or pre-modern era ideas of our relationship to nature. And I wonder whether art can also be part of that process, because right now, to me, it feels that art is really separate from that. Well, uh, that is, I think, uh, in the end of the day, uh, art is uh, become like uh, sometimes, I don't know if a healing place, not, no doubt a healing, but sometimes a palliative to survive on this uh, hardcore society we live. Art becomes a, a place that you can breathe your, whew, take out, uh, receive, but also whew, whew, breathe out this heaviness that we are doing. Everybody's going to concerts, everybody is going to museums, everybody is going to theater or, or to the movies. But at the same time, that is the entertainment industry. So uh, I, I think there is, a, there is art and there is art and there is art. Now there are many ways of doing art. And, what, and I agree with you that sometimes art is putting us apart of nature. Yeah? But uh, there, is, there is people who are trying to connect us to nature. There's people who are trying to bring more spirituality to art. There is people who are uh, trying to bring this collectiveness. But I think we are in the middle of the hurricane, you know? And it's not, it's not a subtle hurricane. It's a very strong hurricane. And the fact that we are inside we don't see what's going on. Once, you know, uh, once I had, uh, I was dancing and, uh, in a party. And as I said to you, I stopped drinking, but in that day, I drink one or two beers and then I smoke a pot. That also, that's something that I don't do nowadays. In that time I was not doing, but I did in that night. And some company came something to me that, you know, uh, when if you pick up a leaf of a plant, the plant that came to me was a kind of uh, leguminosa. Uh, I don't know uh, if he, this is English, but it looks like a bromelia, but with tender and deep uh, skin, you know, with some uh, thorns in the edges of it. And when we see this plant, uh, we see a kind of uh, fluidness. But inside of this plane, there is a shake, chaka, 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 chaka. Me, uh, thousands of things are happening there. But the outside that we see is this shape. And when we, we when, if you think about a year that had passed, 
you see this shape. You don't see the shak, 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 shak. So, but what we see when we are here is just the shak, 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 shak. But if we think that we are, all of us are a plant, we are growing in some way. So uh, what I believe is that we are in this shak, 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 shak. Art is very important as a healing uh, process on this shak, 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 shak. Some art brings you to one direction, another one brings to other direction. It's difficult to get in this way of the good and the bad, because this is it's the beginning of the mistake, in my understanding. And this is very much another uh, crucial point of the Western way of thinking. That's always opposition. Light, dark, strong, soft, uh, or weak, strong, weak, I don't know. But when I think, when you talk about the, this uh, indigenous sacredness, <coughs> spiritual dimension, I would, as I suggest, show the idea of the yin and yang, you know, where the black has a white dot, while the white has a black dot, and one begins in the other, one ends on the other, you know, and they still rooting through each other. So we, we, uh, I think he, uh, to say that all oh, art is being good for our society, art is being bad for our society, we fall down in the same uh, bad place. I think we are all working. There is a transformation, you know, at the same time that there is this uh, stupid president in my country that represents the stupid, stupidness of this negationist, of this world that's old, machist, you know, racist, that we don't want anymore, that we don't see space for that anymore, all over the planet. There is all over the planet these people too. Also, at the same time, you have, for example, the indigenous uh, appearing as a cultural force. Uh, they doing their ceremonies, all the anti-racism uh, fight, organic. I already said that now all of it. But what I mean is that we are in a, in a, in a transformation. And it's acceptable uh, that when this feminine become to expand itself, expand itself, and through culture also, there, there is this reaction, you know, this hardcore reaction against. Uh, basically, what's happening is a cultural war that's going on here. And so culture is extremely important. We are culture, you know. It's like, it's like this thing, I'm using to say this example. We are in the bar discussing, uh, discuss, drinking a beer after beer, and we are excited and discussing uh, the future of the world, the present, the cultural environment. We are attached, magnetically attached by this cultural environment. We can separate ourselves from this cultural environment. And suddenly a voice begins to say, Ernesto, time to uh, stand up. Ernesto, and Ernesto, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm here, we are busy, I can't go now, I can't go now. I say, okay, Ernesto, but at some point you're gonna need to come. And suddenly Ernesto can't stand anymore and stand up and get detached by this magnetism, cultural magnetism. And he begins to walk to the toilet. And when he begins to walk, he's already much more into himself. There is a kind of uh, a dressing of a serenity that takes Ernesto's skin, Ernesto's spirit, and Ernesto flows to the toilet until Ernesto begins to 
appear and then and feel absolutely connected to the infinite, to the earth, to the air, to the whole world. And this is a, a simple proof of that we are nature. Basically, mm. we are nature. Culture is part of our nature. So we cannot move without culture. Uh, culture is our arrow, is our uh, music instrument. We need that. We need that. We are, we are this animal that is born wrong. We are this problem, you know, I have a cat here. I think the cat is much more evaluated, developed, evaluated, I don't know the word well. Then, then myself, you know, he knows everything he needs. And we are here making a podcast, think about what we need to share with the other, listening to the podcast of the others, reading a book, you know, we need to read, we need to listen, we need all these things, which is incredible at the same time. But we cannot fall down and think that we are the big ones just because we can kill everybody, you know. We are the problematic ones. The other ones are, are much more relaxed. When you see a, a jaguar on the tree, or when you see a bird singing, you know, they, they are relaxed, you know. And of course, when they are fighting, when they are hunting, they are in a spirit of the hunt. But during most of the time, they are uh, saving their energy. Birds are singing all the time. And we are here uh, at the podcast. So I think art is the only, in this society that we are, is the only place of subjectiveness that you really does have now. And this we need, uh, it would be important, good for us to cultivate that. But it would be very good to us to transform, um, uh, to have less spectaculous and more ritualization. So uh, back to your first question, all these sculptures that I have done, that you have seen in the Biennale with all these children, the sculpture that I have done with uh, with the indigenous presence, even the nave that you get in, there is an idea of ritualism on it, a place that makes you uh, uh, ebullition, uh, fusion together. And I think it's quite important that we begin to be less spectacular and more ritualistic to inside of us, yeah? because inside is, is the secret. The secret is not in the others and is not outside. The secret is inside of us. Ernesto, that brings me to the final question. I want to talk about children again. I want to talk about your children. And as a father and somebody who is so aware of what is happening in the world, are you optimistic for them? Are you optimistic for the future? How do you feel their lives are going to be? And how do you think their their futures will be in this situation well uh, i think a uh, hundred years ago uh, a little bit even more the idea of optimism in the society was much more uh, expanded now there was really an idea of optimism and today uh, there is a huge idea of pessimism yeah uh, people are talking about the end of the world uh, ways to to deal with that, and this is uh, there's a catastrophe uh, coming if we don't move, uh, change our behavior to the planet. It, it, there's no doubt about that. You know, it's 
is getting hot, is uh, social crisis everywhere. It's a social ambiental problem. Uh, it's not an ambiental problem. It's not a social problem. It's a social ambiental problem. Yeah, uh, economy is devastating the society, devastating the environment. The the idea that we generate as humanity of economy, yeah, the idea of property, the idea of uh, uh, corporations running the planet without any corporations has no soul. Corporations has no flesh, has no body. It's absolute abstraction. And this abstraction is taking care, uh, is being dominant to our body. And when I say our body, I talking about expanded body. Lisa Clark in the seventh made a work named The House is the Body, A Casa é o Corpo. One day dancing under a tree, uh, and after once again, I started smoking a pot, uh, I, I, I begin to brief that. And I begin to see us very much as the insects, microbes of the earth. And, and, I, and I came to me a kind of actualization of this sentence of Ligia Clark, with a huge respect to her. I consider Ligia Clark my grandmother, as I consider Brancusi my grandfather. But I, uh, this actualization would be earth is our body. The idea that earth is our body in the place that the earth is the landscape. When we put something, when we transform something as a landscape, that the Greek idea that it was uh, celebrated by the, the Renaissance society, uh, until all the society we live now, the modern society, we separate ourselves from the landscape. And by separating ourselves from the landscape, we begin to do this uh, this heavy science and uh, this cold science that we do on the West. And, and this separation brings a pain and a suffering. So uh, when I say that there is this abstraction is destroying our body, is destroying our internal body as is destroying our planet body. I don't know, I would like perhaps to take a trip and see how was it in 500 years ago in different <laughs> places of the earth now, because uh, we always talk about how was five years ago in, in, in Europe, but not how was five years ago in India, for example, or 100, uh, 1000 years ago in India. Now with something that maybe we can have another conversation because I think this is already uh, pretty long but I would love to hear from you and from your friends. How was the life in India about all these gods, incredible Veda culture, you know, uh, uh, all these writings, amazing. Mahabharata uh, Gita, Krishna and all these guys, you know. Yeah. I, accept you. I accept your invitation. Ernesto, uh, it's been an absolutely incredibly mind-expanding conversation. We could go on, um, I feel, and uh, we will go on. And uh, I just finally thank you for your generosity and your spirit today. Uh, thank you, Ernesto. You are super welcome, man. But uh, just to finish it, uh, and so my kids are growing uh, last uh, Monday. 
two days ago, my son, oldest son made 20 years. And let's see how it's gonna be in 20 years when he's 40 years old. Now, uh, I remember I saw a movie, uh, Jonas will make 25 years in 2001, something like that. And now we have this question, uh, how is gonna be this world that we are letting for our kids? And that's what I think, that I think this question that you ask is the main question that we have to ask. Uh, it's the main question of our society. Which is the world that we are letting for our kids and for our grandkids uh, and for our grand-grandkids? We are not alone here. They are already together with us as we are together with our ancestors. And this is another uh, teaching from the indigenous and the Hunikuin, that there is this idea of ancestrality is that they hear so much the stories. Once I was in, in Paris at the UNESCO indigenous meeting with a friend of mine, Fabiano Chalabania, Hunikuin, and we were listening uh, uh, a guy from uh, a Sami man. And, and this understanding of the ancestor was always uh, I didn't have gaps. I think that was a clue from here. Yeah? I was close to that, I believe. But he was saying global warming is not a problem. Problem for us is the walls in the middle of the way, is the, the electrically planning uh, plant, I don't know how to say that, in barriers that don't let us uh, uh, fall on the rains, the, the rain, the, you know, these Santa Claus deer rain there. Uh, we cannot follow them because following them is our life where when they go in the winter, they make a hole to find the food. We go on the back and we find the food too. So uh, what, uh, what I understood for that is that uh, uh, ah, he said that we had passed for many global warmings and things like that. So what I mean is that they received so much the story of their ancestors that when he say we had pests, he was not there as a as a alive person, but before because the the connection between them and their ancestrality through their spirituality, now through their uh, uh, ceremonies to their uh, enchanted connections, uh, it happens as they had lived. It. It's not like when you read the book and we see the book far away from us. It's like the story is already tattooed on them. Like Benki Ashanika said one day for us, said, we hear so many times this story, that story begins like a tattoo on us. It's not something we don't forget. It's not like reading a book and forgetting a little bit after what was there. So uh, I think, uh, Shweto, that this is your main question, you know, uh, what we are letting for our future ancestors. But, you know, I have a tendency to be optimist, even though the world is falling apart. I, I look, I fighting for that. My fight is to, for our, our uh, ethical surviving in this planet and, and for the joy of life, you know, for the joy of singing, for the joy of dancing. So in the beginning of this uh, last year, I was thinking that we need so much to dance, you know, and so much to dance. And then we have this COVID. I had danced a lot, you know, but uh, I still think that we need to dance. We need to 
uh, work with our body. You know, we're so much concentrated in our minds uh, that we are burning. Yeah. So our body can teach us. Okay, my friends. So uh, I stay you. here. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ernest. Thank you too, to to invite me. It's really a pleasure uh, be participating of this Istanbul 74. And I hope you guys have a good day. <laughs>